0: Well, last month we've been reading from 1 Samuel about what it means to find real strength. We've been discovering how our true strength comes from God. We're going to see that clearly illustrated in the life of David this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to be focusing on verse 7, but we'll look at several other verses through that chapter as we read through 1 Samuel chapter 16. When I was in high school, I was very concerned about looking like that guy up there having a big muscle I tried lifting weights, I tried protein shakes, I tried the Charles Atlas weight lifting routine. Obviously, none of that worked. <laughs> I finally had to accept that instead of being Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was going to be Jim Barney. They yeah. remember him as the Ernest P. World guy. You know, the guy who works in the New That was the guy that I was going to look like. So 1 Samuel chapter 16 has deep meaning for me. Actually, that's deep meaning for all of us, no matter how much you can bench press or or can't lift. God, in this passage, has sent Samuel, who's the last judge, he's also a priest. He sent him to a home where he has told Samuel that he will find the next king of Israel. And so uh, Samuel goes there and uh, and he finds a, a family of a man by the name of Jesse. Jesse has seven strapping young boys there in his his house, and each one of them is handsome, each one of them is strong, each one of them looks like they're great king material, and and Samuel, like, boy, this is easy." But one by one, each one of these boys comes before Samuel, and God keeps telling Samuel, no, this is not the one. As we look through this passage, we're going to see that God looks for something different than what we are looking for. It's illustrated in what God told uh, Samuel about the first son that he looks at. It's found here in verse 7, 1 Samuel chapter 16. But the Lord says to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the we skinny guys have a chance (laughs) actually everyone no matter your size, no matter your skin color no matter your career no matter what kind of house you live in no matter what kind of car you drive we all have an opportunity to serve in the kingdom of God because it's what's in your heart that matters first of all we have to learn to make Choices in life based on the right ingredients. Every good cook knows that the way a dish is going to come out depends on the ingredients. Put a little bit too much salt, a little kind bit of spice in there, it's not going to taste right. Well, this is more important than just in how to inhale, cook a chocolate cake. fact of the matter is, the ingredients we put into our life. Are This should have been something that Samuel would figure out by now. He had warned the people of Israel about wanting a king. We looked at those passages a few weeks ago. And finally, God tells Samuel, "We'll go ahead and give him a king. You're going to find out something. And sure enough, they found that out. King Saul didn't work out so well.
1: He started out all
0: right, but uh, his life around the star and out of control. And, that happened, so it is reign over the nation of Israel. And now God has led Samuel to begin looking for the next king, the next person who would serve on the throne of the nation. God reminds him that the characteristics that he needed to be looking for were maybe not what he first would think. So he goes to this house where God is led. Him, this house of a man by Jesse, and Jesse begins to bring out his sons before Samuel, and he brings out his eldest sons, oldest boy, who seems like the logical choice. He was a fine young man, good looking, strong. His name was liar or the name is Elihu, into the form of the same name. If you read this passage from First Chronicles twenty-seven. And he was the eldest brother, so he would have been in the world's butological choice of when someone became king and they died, usually their oldest son would be the one who would come on the throne. Now all of Saul's sons have been killed in battle, so there wasn't anybody left in his family, so, so now that the Lord has led Samuel to Jesse's family, it seems like the oldest boy would be the logical one to be the next king. And in fact, he seems like he was a pretty good leader. We learn in 1 Chronicles 27 that he later on in life was chosen to be one of the ruling officials in the Judah. He must have been a good leader. So as eldest, he would be the front runner, he would be the logical choice, he would be the, the first one that you would select, the first one that most people would select. But when he stood before Samuel, that's not what God said. You read what God said. Just a minute ago, verse 7 is what the Lord told Samuel. is this fine, strapping young boy standing before him, this young man that seems like he would be the ideal choice for a king. We read what the Lord said. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the... Okay, wasn't alive, wasn't the oldest boy, but we got six more. Surely it's one of them, and one by one they're brought before Samuel. But each time the Lord's answer is the same. In verse ten, Jesse had seven of his sons passed before Samuel, but Samuel said to "The Lord has not chosen thee." I was growing up, I never did like a schoolyard pick. You remember, though, when you we were out on the playground, you had to pick two teams to play, and you, you kind of get two guys to be the, the captains, and then each one start picking uh, who's going to be on the team. And the idea is that you're going to distribute the best players between the team. And the thought process is that they'll choose the best players first, and so they'll kind of get divided between the two teams. That's the idea, but in reality, all that does is, is tell the whole world who in the class can't play hitball. There I was, standing there, waiting to get chosen. One by one, everybody gets chosen with me. So I was always really good at complaining about my ankle. Oh, I just had to turn my ankle, but you'd have me first, wouldn't you? And I said, sure, right. We'll go sit on the bench. <laughs> Typically, the world makes judgments about people. By some outward things, really and truly, what it is, we make judgments about people by what those people can do for us, and we assume that the most powerful person, the strongest person, they can do more for us than this person over here. That's maybe not so strong and not so powerful, and so we make choices based on that. We make choices based upon what we think that person can do for us. Always for God Jesus. Now he can use powerful people, there's no question about that. That's not what he's looking for. In the case of searching for the next king, there was only one thing that mattered. And it's not usually what we see. The fact of the matter is: when God tells us to do something, we typically come up with all kinds of reasons why we can't do that. You know, God will tell us to one thing. He'll bring someone to our body, a friend or a member who doesn't know the Lord, and he'll lay it on our heart and talk to him. immediately we, we start coming up with excuses. Why well, don't know how to do that. Well, they're not going to listen to me anyway. Well, I don't have the gospel tract with me. I left the Bible at home. I can't talk to them. I'll do it another time. The reality is, when God is laying on our heart, what he wants us to do, he's only looking for one thing. He's only looking for that person who will be obedient. And we'll say, yes, Lord. Like Isaiah said, right here, I am, send see me? The, the question is not, should we pick somebody for what they can do for us? The question is, what does God want? As Samuel and Jesse went through the household, uh, you can just almost see the thoughts in their minds as you read the the passage of Scripture. They're they're thinking, well, this oldest boy, he's a powerful guy. He'll make our nation strong. He'll lead our army well. And and God says, no, that's not the other. And one by one, they go through each of those seven sons, and they think, "Well, well, this guy, he can do the job for us. And God says, no, that's not the one. So they, they've got all the way through the list. They've gone through all seven sons that were there. And none of them is the one that God has chosen. And Samuel realizes, wait a minute, someone's missing. Verse 11, so he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? Well, are still the youngest, Jesse answered. But he's sending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him not sit down until he arrives. Samuel looks at Jesse, that guy, gone are all seven of those boys. He says, well, something's not right here. None of these boys is one of God's chosen. Do you have anybody else? And Jesse says, well, I have one more. But he's the youngest. He's out watching the sheep. Now, you can kind of read between the lines a little bit here. The boys that Jesse wanted to present to Samuel... David wasn't one of them. He said, David, you're not part of this. you go watch the sheep so the other other sons can be in here so we can find the one that's going to be the next game. It's not going to be you, so you go out there and watch the sheep. In fact, he doesn't even think about it until Samuel said, well, do you have any other sons on? Yeah, I got that one that's out watching sheep. And he says, We're not leaving. In like fact, we're not even sitting down. I'm going to stand right here to you bring him in. Because somebody in this household is the one of God's children. So you bring him in here. You know the rest of the story. As David arrives, God indicates that only one thing matters. There in verse 12. So he said. And he had him brought him in, he was ready with fine appearance and handsome features, then the Lord said, "Rise and anoint him, he is one. So what was it about David that made him God's choice? That's the only thing that he mattered here, it didn't matter who was the strongest, didn't matter who was the oldest, didn't matter who if everybody thought was the right pick, the only thing that mattered was who God's choice. So what made David God's choice? Why, I just, we're not told in this passage. He was young, but like his other brothers, he was a good-looking guy. So it didn't really have anything to do with the looks. And that, that wasn't really what it was bad at all. And it's certain that David was not perfect. There's no question that he had made mistakes along the way. That might be why he was going to watch the sheep. He may have got a trouble with his dad in the desert. He just go out and watch the sheep. Take care of you. <laughs> we made mistakes before, and we know how David's life unfolds. He makes some huge mistakes down the way. Adultery, murder, he directly disobeys a command of God not to take a census of his army, and he wants to know how many he has, and he has the census done anyway, even though that was a violation of God's command. On and on. David was not a perfect man, I would call He was going to have his ups and downs as a leader. There would be times when the nation would be at peace, but there would also be some times when the nation would be embroiled in war. In fact, some of David's own mistakes create civil war in the nation of Israel. That's the civil war in David's family. His son tries to kill him so his son can become king. I mean, it gets really bad. And all of that stems back to mistakes and sins that David made. So he's not a perfect man. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's not even sometimes really that great of a leader. Why did God choose him? We're not told here, but we are told in the scriptures. We turn over to Acts chapter 13, verse 21. We're told the reason. Because David was a man after God's own heart. God's not looking for perfect people. He's the only one who's perfect. Jesus is the only one who's lived a perfect life. There's not anybody else in the So God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who seek Him with all their heart. Here's what you need to know, if you will do that, if you will seek God with all your heart, if you will make Him Focus of your life. There is no limit to what God can do through you. Back in 2014, Billy Graham described four steps to using time. We all have exactly the same amount of time every day. We all have 24 hours, more or less. So
1: he gave four steps how to use
0: that time that we have. Number one. Realize that each day is a gift from God. Every second that you have, every day that you are given is a gift from the Lord. Instead of waking up in the morning going, oh, I've got so many things to do. I don't want to
1: do Instead of seeing a day as a burden, you can see every day as a new opportunity
0: to serve the Lord. It's an opportunity God has given you every day you have is a gift from God. That's true. Commit your time to God. God's given you that time. So try to figure out the reason. Recognize that you're accountable for how you spend that time that God has given you. Number one, realize each day is given to God. Number two, commit your time to God. Number three, set aside time to serve God and serve others. We do what we plan to do. Okay? Some of you were planning this afternoon at 3.30, turn on TV, watch the Chiefs. Now that got postponed, but but you had that plan at 3.30, you're planning on being right there at the TV, and you're just waiting until they announce whatever time it's going to be. Tuesday or Monday or whatever it's going to be. Whatever that is. You're planning to be there and watch it. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with watching a football game. I plan to watch it too. But we do what we plan to do. Those things that we say, okay, that's happening right then, so I'm going to make sure I'm going to do that. Those are the things that we do. Those things that we plan to do. So plan in your day to serve God and serve the Lord. Make some specific plans about that. Don't just say, I'm going to serve the Lord today. How are you going to serve What are you planning on doing? What are you planning on doing? Write it down in your calendar. I write everything down yeah, my calendar. I'll forget it. I'm my calendar. I'm just going to have to retire. <laughs> but, but write it down. Say, okay, 10 o'clock, I'm going to do this. Find a way to serve the Lord in the Because we do those things that we plan. So, realize you stay fit from God. Commit your time to, to God. And then set aside, plan for time that you will serve God and serve others. And then the fourth one, this is one you may not think of, but it's, it's just as biblical and just as important. Take time for your own needs. And God created the world, He created everything, the whole universe in six days, and on the seventh day He rested. Now God didn't get tired. It wasn't like He had sore muscles and soaked them a lot. He rested on the seventh day to give us an example of what we need to do. And if you don't take care of your needs, if you don't take some time to rest, you'll burn out. When Jesus was on our world, even he had to take time to get away and rest. If Jesus needed to do that, now we need to, too. Now obviously, we take that too far. You don't need to just rest on the couch all whole lot. But we do have these things. One of those is for rest. So take time to rest. So realize each day to give from God. Commit your time to God. Set aside time to serve God and others. And take time for your own needs. Now what's that got to do with David? Well here it is. I've already said God's not looking for perfect people. There are people. the Jesus. All of us fall short. So he's not looking for perfect people.
1: He's not looking for talented
0: people. He's not looking for rich people. He's not looking for smart people. He's not looking for good looking people. He's not looking for powerful people. He's not looking for popular people. Now, God can use all of those folks. Don't get me wrong. He can use all of those folks and will use all those folks and does use all those folks. But that's not why He uses them. He's not looking for people who have time. Because the reality is, Knows how much time He's given us, so He's not looking for anybody who thinks, "I well, got plenty of time, Lord. I'll go ahead and serve You now." No. There's all of us. We can always look at something else to do. Realize that every second that we have, God has given to us. He's looking for those who are willing to take that time that God has given us and give it back to Him. Because their focus is solely on the Lord. He's looking for those, like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto I mean, you. Now what does that first mean? Does that mean if we, if we seek God first, we're going to be rich, we're going to drive up our seats, we're, we're going to live in a big mansion, why? This that doesn't have anything to do with, with physical stuff. What that verse means, I I'm going to say it negatively. Okay? That verse says it positively. I'm going to say it negatively. What that means is the only limit to what God can do in and through your life is the limit. only limit to what God can do in and through your life is the limit that you put on it.
1: It's like the water hydrant.
0: Outside your house, you know, you've got hook holes up and you've got to water in the yard, sometimes you, you turn it on just a little trickle because you just want to kind of soak stuff. But sometimes you're washing your car, or it a to blast the dirt all you turn it up full. But you pin it. you know, you, you turn it to whatever level. This is your spiritual hydrant. How much of your time do you commit to seeking God with all your heart? Because that's what God is looking for. It was what he was looking for when he was looking for a king. Now sometimes you may feel like David. Stuck out there watching the chief while, while all the other brothers are in the house trying to figure out who's king. I know you, may like that. you may feel like, well, I'm stuck in a place in my life, but there's no way God can use me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not whatever you want to do. It I do not like not God. No. I know he doesn't God is looking for someone whose heart seeks. That turns the hydrant on full. Just remember what God wants someone who seeks Him with all the power. You do that, and there's no limit to what God can do for you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand from this extraordinary story about David. Somebody who's powerful, or somebody who's got big muscles, or somebody who's got a lot of money, or somebody who's got a lot of talent, or somebody who's got a lot of time. What you're looking for somebody who will see you with all that. So help us do that. Help us to see you with every fiber of our being. When we do that, we open floodgates wide for what you can do through us. Floodgates church, for what you can do in your kingdom. help us in the Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a moment, we have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing to you. Maybe you're looking for this. You want God to choose you. And you have tried to fix that with God. You know, you, you try to Come to church, read the Bible, do some good deeds, and and you thought, maybe that'll fix it for for God to be a part of my life. And Every time you did that, I mean, it was good stuff, and it was okay, but it just somehow fell short. There's a reason why. Because in order for God to use you, in order for you to be completely focused on Him, in order for you to seek Him with all your heart, your life has to be transformed. We can't do that on We can't. We are incapable of it. Our humanity, And the only way for it to happen is for Jesus Christ to transform our life. But the good news is that's exactly what He does. When we receive Him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus comes into our heart. He cleanses all the mess that's in there. He takes away all the shame, all the guilt. He's already paid for all of that on the cross. All we have to do is by faith receive Him. We want to help you do that. And normally we would invite you to come here in front and sit down with you and talk with you about what it means to receive Christ in your life because of the virus and nothing to do that right now. But we still want to have conversations with you. So, in, in your pew before you, there's a card. You just take that card out, fill out the, the contact information, and there's a box that says, check. The box says, I want to follow Jesus. Check that box. We'll get in touch with you and show you in the Bible the extraordinary promise that God has given you. Faith you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You transform your life. We, we want to talk with you about that. So do that. If you're watching us online, there's an online card, just like the ones that are in the T here. If you watch on Facebook, there should be a link right there at the top of the Facebook comment section. If you watch on our website, there's a link right there on the webpage just below where the little video box is. Just click on that link. It's nationalheights.org/hello. There'll be a place there where you can give us some contact information and then you'll see a place where you can check a box. I'm going to follow you. Check that box. We'll get in touch with you and share with you exactly how you can do that.
1: Maybe there's some other way that God's leading you in your life. Maybe you're looking for a church
0: home. Again, you can just indicate that to us as a check box. I want to be a member of National Class. Just check that box. And we'll get in touch with you and how you can do that. There's some other decisions that are indicated there. Or maybe you just have a prayer request Something you'd like us to pray about. It. You're like There's a place on the back of the forms that are here in the queues or there at the bottom of the online forum where you can write in a prayer request that you'd like us to be praying about. Whatever it might be. You can just allow God to work in your heart right now and lead you to whatever decision you would have you make. God has some amazing things He wants to do in and through God. Righteousness will turn that hybrid on soul. I seeking first. but you look at